0: Very good. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get started. Father, it is good to be in your house today, and Lord, we're thankful for your faithfulness. We're thankful, Lord, for your goodness to us. I pray that you would help us now in these next few moments to uh, speak to our hearts, that it would be a help to us what we're about to consider. Uh, Lord, not just for today, but for the days and weeks to come. God, however uh, it would best uh, be of benefit to us, I pray that we would apply it in that manner. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, you may remember, we took a break from our study of James, and we gave attention to the words of Paul as he wrote a letter to believers in Thessalonica. Uh, You may remember that we watched as Paul spoke of the will of God for their lives, and that will consisted of being thankful in all things. And we talked about how that does not mean that we are to be thankful for everything, But that in everything, there is something to be grateful for. There is always something to be thankful for. And yet, I tried to remind us last week that the will of God is always a choice on our part as to whether or not we will yield to God's will for our lives. And so if we're going to be thankful, if we're going to be grateful, even when the circumstances are not always what we would have chosen for our lives, If we're going to be grateful, if we're going to be thankful, then we have to choose to do so. And so I don't know if you had to work hard on that this week. I don't know if that came easy for you this week. But I do know this. If we live long enough, there will be times where it's not easy to be thankful. And we still have to choose to be if we're going to be in God's will. So it's a fairly simple truth, fairly simple thought, but it's not always easy to apply That in mind, this morning I want us to think about something that I think any honest individual would admit. It's not just a religious person who would admit this. It's not just a Christian who would admit this. I think any honest person from any walk of life would admit this, that how a person chooses to think is going to have great influence on the direction of their life. You would agree with that, would you not? That how a person chooses to think, that thought process is going to have great influence in the direction of that person's life. We have heard sayings like this, and we know it to be true, the power of positive thinking. There really is power associated with the person who chooses to have positive thoughts, who chooses to have a positive outlook. There is also power, we understand this, in negative thinking, but the statement is simply this, that we're familiar with, the power of positive thinking. We've heard things like this. Whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Oftentimes a person does well because they have convinced themselves they are able to do well, and many times a person fails in life because they have already determined in their mind that they're going to fail. The simple reality of life is this. What a person chooses to think about, what a person chooses to dwell on, what a person chooses to give their mind to, that is going to give or have great influence on the direction of a person's life. Now, as we keep that in mind this morning, we're going to take another break from our study of James. We're going to to be in the book of Philippians in just a moment. So if you want to begin finding your place in Philippians, you can. But as you find your place there, I want to give us just a little bit of context on this letter. I want to give us just a little bit of background so that we can better understand it as we make our way through the message. But this letter that Paul is writing to the believers of Philippi, overall, it is a positive letter. It's an encouraging letter. It's not a letter of discipline. It's not so much a letter of rebuke like he has written or did write to other churches, to other groups of believers. This is, again, overall, a fairly encouraging letter. It's, a, it's an upbeat letter to an extent. And as you think about the audience, I want us to be aware of this, that it's said by the historians and by the scholars that the believers of Philippi, generally speaking, were were a very poor or poverty-stricken group of people. Okay, so the believers of Philippi, these were not the ones who were living on top of the world. These were not the ones who had everything that everybody would want The believers of Philippi are believed to have been people who struggled in their existence, who struggled to make it from day to day. Life was not always easy. Life was not simple for them. I want us to be aware of that this morning as we make it into the message or as we head into the message because I want us to realize that the people that Paul was writing to are people that would very much be able to identify with us, to relate, or would be able to relate to us, and we would be able to identify with and relate to them, okay? Their world was different than ours, obviously, but it was still very much similar to the world that we are living in. So here is Paul writing to believers, and in chapter 4, a verse of Scripture that most of us are familiar with, I want us to look in the last part of verse number 8 today. I want us to look in the last part of verse number 8 today, of Philippians chapter 4. And here's what we read. If you'll notice that last little statement, Paul said this, Think on these things. So what is Paul doing? He is, he is challenging their minds and what they think about. He is challenging what they are going to give their minds to. He is going to challenge them as to as to what they allow themselves to dwell upon. And though this has been fairly clear throughout my statements, I want to make sure that none of us miss this, that Paul obviously was of the mindset that what a person thinks about is a choice on the part of that person. As he was writing to the believers of Philippi, he was letting them know that they had control over what they thought about, that their thoughts did not have the ability to control them. That's important for us to remember this morning, because we have got to realize that we have the authority over our thoughts We determine and we choose what we're going to think about. Our thoughts do not have the authority over us. We can and we are called upon to take captive certain thoughts that we ought not be thinking upon. This is important for us because here's what we'll find so oftentimes, especially in our day, there are people who like to assume and they want to suggest to others that what they think about and where their mind goes is beyond their control. They'll say things like this, well, I just can't help it. My my mind just keeps going there. I can't help it. I can't get my mind off of this. And, And I understand the challenge of the mind. I get it as much as anyone could. But I want us to be reminded of this, that we choose what we will think upon and dwell upon. It's just that simple. We choose what we think about and what we dwell upon. And so here is Paul writing to a group of believers who do not enjoy an easy life, who do not enjoy a simple life, who in and of their, their, uh, let's just say it this way, who in and of themselves would have had plenty of things to, to gripe about and to meditate on. Paul said in light of all that and in spite of all that, Choose to think on these things. Why would Paul encourage them to think a certain way? Why would Paul encourage them to think a certain direction? Because Paul understood what we understand. That what a person chooses to think about, that will have great influence on the direction of that person's life. So Paul is challenging them in their thought life to think on certain things because Paul knew how a person chooses to think it is going to have influence on that person's direction. So what does he tell them to think upon? What does he tell them to give their thoughts to? Well, notice in the first part of verse number eight, he said this, Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true. Paul said, believers of Philippi, here is what you need to think on. This is what you need to give your mind to. Those things that are true. What does it mean when Paul speaks of something that is true? It just means this, something that is fact or something that is opposite of false. or or wrong, or lies, okay? So Paul is telling the believers, think on things that are true, think on things that are facts, and do not allow yourselves to dwell upon things that are not facts, but that in in themselves or of themselves they would be false. Now as you think about that, I, I want us to just give some attention to this, That in life there are many different kinds of truths, are there not? There are. You say, well, what kind of truths are you talking about? Well, there are certain scientific truths that are out there that you and I are never going to change. So there are scientific truths out there. I think most of us understand this, that there are mathematical truths out there that you and I are not going to change. Now, I think that we would agree on this, that whenever Paul said to think on things that are true, on things that are fact, things that are not false, I think most of us would say, you know, he probably wasn't talking about scientific or mathematical truths or something of that nature. That whenever Paul was writing to believers, based on the context and based on who the who Paul was as a person, it's probably safe to say that what Paul was encouraging them to think upon was this, certain spiritual truths that they had already been made aware of. Here is the Apostle Paul. He has ministered to them. He has invested in them. And others, no doubt, had tried to witness to them or tried to invest in them from a spiritual standpoint. And so there were certain spiritual truths that they had already been made aware of. And Paul is saying this, you need to think on the spiritual truths that you already know. When life is difficult, believers of Philippi, you need to think on the truths of God's word that's already been revealed to you. Now, you know, we could sit here this morning and we could say, well, what kinds of truths was Paul talking about? And the truth of the matter is this, we don't know what truths Paul had in mind, but we do know this, that there are certain spiritual truths that are good to dwell upon, especially if our minds are trying to take us someplace we don't need to go. What spiritual truths might have been good for them to consider that we might say for you and I today would be good for us to consider if we're struggling for whatever reason in our minds? Think about this truth for just a moment. That Jesus Christ came to this earth and died on the cross so that we might be saved. Come on now. Christ died on the cross so that we might be saved. That is a spiritual truth that is not changing. Okay, so if you and I are saved as the believers of Philippi were saved, then then here is something that we can think upon when the situation is tough, when the circumstances are not favorable, when things are not going our way. Here is what we can think about, and here is what we can give our minds to. I am a child of God. This spiritual truth exists, and, and maybe this isn't going to excite us this morning, but, but it should and it ought to in the days to come. But think about this. Not only did God love us enough to save us, and not only was Christ willing to, to die on the cross for our sins, God continues to love us more than our minds could ever begin to grasp. We have the unending incomprehensible love of God directed toward us. Let's hear this, please. Uh, Because people are, "Eh, you know, I'm sad and I'm discouraged and I'm just not doing so good in my mind. I understand the challenge. I, I truly do. But here's the reality. We have a heavenly Father who loves us, who loves us more than our minds can grasp. That is something we need to think about from time to time. We need to think about this truth from time to time. Not only has he died for us and not only does he love us, God is infinitely aware of what is going on in our lives. And God cares about our situation more than we may give him credit for at times. You know, sometimes in the midst of situations it feels like things are just out of control and is God even aware of what's going on? Is God even mindful of what's taking place in my life? And sometimes it's easy to question, is it not the involvement of God in our situation? It's in those moments that I need to remind myself and and you need to remind yourself that, that it is true that God knows what is going on in my life And God cares what is going on in my life. God is faithful. God is dependable. God is trustworthy. So in the midst of difficult times, in the midst of difficult days, when my mind would love to go a hundred different directions, something that I need to think on are the truths of God's word in relation to his relationship with me. Now, that's a choice. I've got to make the decision to think on those things that are true. If I'll do that, that will have great influence in the direction of my life. But he goes on to say this. Not only is it the things that are true that need to be thought upon, he said, "...whatsoever things are honest." Whatsoever things are honest. Now, you may sit here and say, well, wouldn't that be very similar to what the word true means? And maybe in our day and in our culture and the way that we think it would be, but the word honest here simply means this, that which is honorable, that which is noble. We might say it like this, think on things that are respectable or excellent in nature. Let me ask you something. I think this could have been as true of the believers of Philippi as it could be of you and I. Have there ever been times, have there ever been occasions in life where things were not exactly what we would hope for, things are not exactly what we would desire for our lives? And as a result of that, could any of us have to admit, or would any of us have to say this, that there have been times where our mind, where our thoughts have gone to some pretty dark and ugly places? Have you ever found yourself just entertaining thoughts that, that you know this is not the way I ought to be thinking? Where, where I'm thinking right now, there's nothing noble about this. What I'm thinking right now and where my mind is at right now, there is nothing honorable about this. This is something that if somebody knew I was thinking about, I would be embarrassed and I would be ashamed and I would be humiliated. Have we ever been there? I think most of us have been there. I'm not talking about from just a a, a terrible, sinful thought process that we might have. Sometimes from just a very general perspective... We are thinking things that are not honest, they are not honorable, they are not noble. There is just nothing good about them. Sometimes we just have to admit that our thinking is not good and we need to change the direction of it immediately. Why? Because what we choose to focus on is going to have great influence on the direction of our lives. If we choose to think on things that lack honor, that lack nobility, that lack decency, that is going to take our lives down a course and down a route that we do not want to go. So when the situations begin to take place, when the battles begin to take place in our minds, we need to think on things that are honest things that are honorable, things that are noble. He goes on to say, to think on these things, whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are just. What does it mean for something to be just? It just means this, for it to be right or righteous in content. I know this is going to overlap some this morning. I understand that, but it's okay. Let's think about this. Sometimes it's just ugly, dark places that we go to in our thought lives, and we kind of need to snap out of it, and we just need to, to think on something else that would be more honorable and more upright. Sometimes, though, what we are thinking about, we know if we're honest, there is nothing right or righteous or godly about it. I should not not only have those thoughts right now, I should never entertain those thoughts in my life. I should never dwell upon that. That should never be what I give myself to. What I need to be thinking about in my life right now, many of us would have to say at different times, I need to be thinking about what is right, what is righteous, what is godly, what is appropriate, what I'm supposed to be thinking about. And again, that could involve anything, that could include anything, but that is a choice that we have to make. I'm not going to stand before you this morning and try to tell you, this is a right thought, this is a righteous thought, this is an unrighteous thought, this is an ungodly thought. Most of us know if a thought is right or not. And Paul said, believers, here's what you do. You think on the things that are right. You think on the things that are just, what are righteous. Then he goes on to say, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Now I'm combining these this morning because of their similarity and because I don't want to get bogged down on this. I want us to think about this that which is pure and that which is lovely. That just means this, that which is holy, that which is ceremonially clean, what would be sweet or gracious in nature. Again, to to try to stand before you this morning and tell you everything that is pure and everything that is lovely, everything that is holy and clean and sweet and gracious, there's no way that I could give us an exhaustive list. But most of us know when our mind is not in that place. Most of us know when our mind is not in that place of purity or that place of being lovely. Most of us know when our thoughts are not sweet and gracious and what they're supposed to be. And so when the enemy would begin to try to take our mind someplace that it doesn't need to go by way of content, by way of nature, it is then that we have to arrest the thoughts and say, no, I'm not going there. I choose today to think on what is true, whatever the spiritual truth may be. Today I choose to to think on what is honorable and what is noble, what is what is honest and what is just, what is right and righteous and pure and lovely. And then he said this, Whatsoever things are of good report. Whatsoever things are of good report. What does it mean for something to be of good report? It means this, anything that is well thought of or positive in nature. Anything that is well thought of or positive in nature. You know what Paul is essentially saying to the believers of Philippi? Find something positive to think about. Whether it be the truths of God's word, whether it be something that is honorable and noble or right or righteous or sweet or, or pleasant, whatever it may be, find something positive to think about. Can I remind us this morning that no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, there is always something To be positive about? There really is. Now sometimes we convince ourselves that there is nothing positive in the world right now, but that is not true. There is always something to be positive about because something could always be worse than it is. Uh, Again, the enemy doesn't encourage us to think about what could be worse. The enemy just likes to remind us that this is about as bad as it could possibly be, and how could anything get any worse than it already is? Well, if we would capture the mind, if we would capture the thoughts, and remember that there is so many positive things going on out there, it would greatly influence the direction of our lives. So here's Paul writing to believers. They're poor, they're poverty-stricken, they're going through a hard time. Plenty of things they could gripe about, plenty of things that they could dwell upon. And Paul said, listen, here's what you need to think on. He concludes it by saying, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. If there's any benefit to any of this, then here's what you do. Give your mind to these things. So it's a good admonition that Paul gave the believers of Philippi. And if we're honest, it's a good admonition for you and I to be reminded of today. Because the battle of the mind takes place in the life of every individual at some point. And so this morning... I don't know what your circumstance is. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're struggling with. It could be health. It could be financial. It could be relationship. I don't know what it is. But I want you to think about it this morning. You may be saying to yourself, life stinks and I'm sick of it. You know what? Life may stink right now. But it is the will of God that in everything you give Thanks. So if your situation in your mind stinks right now, from whatever angle you want to consider it, I just want to remind you of what you need to do and what I need to do at times. You need to change what you're thinking about. Get your mind off of everything that's wrong and start thinking about some things that are right. Find some positives to dwell upon. Find some good things to dwell upon. Find something out there that you can give your thoughts to until you start changing what you are feeling based on what you are thinking. You and I have got to change our thoughts at times because if we don't, I'm just going to say it one more time, the negative thinking will take us places we don't want to go. So we've got to have positive thinking. We have got to think not just from a secular standpoint, positive things, but from a spiritual standpoint, we must have some positive thinking because of how it will influence the direction of our lives. Now this morning, while that truth can be applied from from so many different angles, I'm, I'm going to try to be a little bit more specific this morning and try to help us out, okay? You say, well, how are you going to help me out this morning? Well, I want us to think about this, that right now, as, as, as I preach this simple message, we are only a few days from Christmas. You know that, right? And you know, as, as the song tells us, there's supposed to be a, a feeling in the air related to Christmas, right? In the air there's a feeling of Christmas, Right? Isn't this supposed to be a wonderful time? Some of you are not convinced. This is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, correct? All right, three of us are in full agreement that this is supposed to be the most. Why is it supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year? Well, let's cut out all the secular aspects of it. Why should this be the most wonderful time of year for you and I as Christians? Because this is when we get to focus on the arrival of Christ and the goal and and the reason for his coming. Jesus Christ came to this earth to save his people from their sins. That is why Christ came. You and I have redemption afforded to us because a little over 2,000 years ago, Christ came to this earth and he grew up into a man that would die on the cross for our sins. Friends, that is the most wonderful thing that we could be mindful of this Christmas season. But you know what will happen if we're not careful? We'll go to sleep in church if we're not careful, okay? But beyond that, you know what will happen if we're not careful? We'll focus on everything that we don't think is right this Christmas season. I know I've said this in years past, but it seems to be a recurring struggle with some of us. And so I just want to remind us again, this could be the the struggle of some right now as they're looking ahead these next few days into the Christmas season. They could be looking at at their family situation saying this, it's just a mess right now and the Christmas holidays are probably going to be a mess because our family is a mess. You know what? It might be. It could be. Your family might be a mess. The family situation might be a mess. And you may not get together with everyone this Christmas season that your heart would desire to be with. But is that really what you ought to be dwelling on? I mean, think about this. In the Christmas season where where there's this feeling of Christmas in the air and it's the most wonderful time of the year, if we really believe that this is about the birth of Christ and what would later be accomplished in his life, then though it may be unfortunate that the family is a mess, we still have certain things of a right nature, of a godly nature, of a wholesome nature, of positive things that we need to think about to make this Christmas season great. Could even spark a smile this morning on the face of some. Never mind. Some may be looking at your financial situation right now. Saying Christmas might be a little thin this year. Just want to remind us that's not where our thoughts need to go. That's not where our mind needs to be because most of us already have far more than we could ever need. There is far more by way of a a positive reality that we ought to give our thoughts to and not be so worried about what our Christmas budget is and what we're going to be buying and, and how we'll be exchanging gifts this year. That isn't worth it. Think on these things. The Savior came to this world. And died on the cross one day for our sins. You may be looking at this holiday season saying to yourself, I just don't enjoy it as much as I used to. Well, I understand. If we're past the point of seven, eight, nine, ten years old, I understand the feelings and the emotions change. I get it. But we do not have to be Scrooges throughout this Christmas season. And we don't have to be people with negative attitudes throughout the season. And we don't have to be the ones who say, I'm just ready to get it over with because I'm sick of all of it. I'm just saying you don't need to be that kind of a person. If you will just change your thinking to some positive things, to some right things, and get them out of the dark and ugly places, there is the ability to enjoy this time of year. It can be done. There are so many good things. There are so many right things. There are so many wonderful truths to think on, but that will be a choice we have to make. Here's the problem with some people. I say some as though I've never experienced this, but I'm working on it. But here's the problem with some that they kind of enjoy their negative mindset. Do you know that? Some people enjoy going to dark, ugly places, thinking about the most negative things. That's what seems to bring them joy, is that they're miserable. Trust me, there are members of every church who are like that. I'm saying to you this morning... We don't have to be miserable individuals. We can enjoy this season. We can enjoy this time of year. We can reflect and say Thanksgiving, by the grace of God, was wonderful. And now in these next few days, we're going to look ahead to Christmas, and and we're going to enjoy this. But in order to enjoy it, you'll have to get your thinking right 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 now and you'll have to keep your thinking right in the days to come when the enemy is saying no 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 think about this no 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 think about this no 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 go over here and dwell upon this and and go into that little dark hole that makes you really sad and depressed go there no that's when we've got to say huh I'm I'm not doing it this year I'm going to think on these things I will think on what is true, what is honest, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is of a good report. That is where I'm taking my mind this year. If we do that, I can promise you, though the circumstances of life may not change, if our thoughts have changed, then our outlook will change and we'll enjoy the season, period. Will not leave this year bitter over the activities of the last 12 months. And we'll look with excitement and anticipation of the year to come if we get our thoughts right. So let me ask you this morning very, very simple question Are you thinking? on what you need to be thinking about. Are your thoughts what they ought to be? I'm just going to share with you, I know it's a struggle. I know it's a battle. We can be where we're supposed to be one moment, enjoying the right thoughts, and this quickly, just boom. That quickly... Things can change, and our thoughts can be someplace they don't need to be. Right now, are are your thoughts what they ought to be? Are you thinking what you ought to be thinking about? And you say, well, yeah, right now they are because you just told me to change my thinking. Okay, good. But some of you might still be sitting here saying, nope, 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 I'm not letting go of it. I'm going to think about this. Okay, you're going to hurt yourself. Let me rephrase that. You're already hurting yourself. You will continue to hurt yourself if you don't make the choice to think on some better things. And, and I just know, because I know the, the nature of the struggle, we can do real good right now. We can be positive. We can be thinking on right things. But by the end of this week, we can go some places in our minds we don't need to go. If you know you struggle with this from time to time, be willing to ask the Lord to help you, to recall this message to mind as it could be of a benefit to you. If you know it's a struggle, just say, Lord, I'm asking you today that whenever the the change in thought wants to take place and my mind begins to go places it doesn't need to go, God, would you help me to not entertain those thoughts, to not go that direction? God, would you help me to think on these things? It's important that we think right. Because it influences the direction of our lives. What are we thinking about? Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. I pray that you would use this message to be a challenge to us. Lord, there could be some in here this morning like myself. The mind was already battling other areas. We weren't even thinking about Christmas. Our mind was on so many other issues and the thoughts were not what they should have been God would you help us today to realize that we need to think on things that are right and pure and lovely all the things that we just looked at and Lord in the days to come as we have the holidays in mind and we're looking ahead to this Christmas season Lord it's so easy for any of us to get into a messed up way of thinking because circumstances are just not what we'd like them to be. and God, would you remind us that even in those moments, there are positive things that we can look to, there are positive things that we can dwell upon, there are truths that we can remind ourselves of, and we can enjoy this season if we make that choice too. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts however, however we need it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a word of prayer. We're good. Warren, go ahead.